It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. Hey, everyone. This is Jose Gillian, the owner of All House Barbecue, located in Louisville and Carrollton. You can find us at allhousebbq.com, and we are the proud new sponsor of Alexandra and Friends. Come and see us. Good evening. Welcome to Alexandro Friends 660 The Answer. This show is brought to you every Saturday night by Roberto Perez, Miller Title. And our podcasts are brought to you by Old House Barbecue, Mr. Jose Guillen in Carrollton and Louisville, Texas. We have a great evening this evening and we're going to talk about so many issues. And we're got, we have an amazing co-host and an amazing guest. And of course, Courtney is here with me this Good evening. evening. And so is our producer, producer. Mr. Michael Clark. Let's take just a few minutes to listen to the Pledge of Allegiance of the Clark family, and we'll be right back. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Was that not a just a precious? They are so cute. Oh, that's the best of uh, Pledge of Allegiance I've ever heard. <laughs> that little girl is so precious. Mm-hmm. So, Courtney, how are you doing this Doing week? good. So good. How, how was your um, last 4th of July? Oh, what did we do? Fourth? Oh, we went to the lake. You did? With some friends. Yes. We and it was we went to Lake Texoma, and we parked the boat right under where the fireworks went off. And so we just got to look up and watch the most amazing show. And the weather was perfect. And it was good. And then since then, just doing what I do, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Are you still working? All the time. Just wondered, because I see you everywhere in the world. So. Yes. Uh, I We had basketball tournaments last week and this week, and so I'm sitting courtside with my laptop, just plugging away. <laughs> it's just how it is. And then next week, we're in Kansas for a back-to-back tournament. So, And then after that, we come back and we go to Annapolis for a long weekend. Um, so Taylor can tour the Naval Academy. Wonderful. Tell us a little bit about that. What do we need to do to help her? Well, honestly, I'm looking for somebody that for our congressional district, we're in Allen, Van Taylor's exiting office in November. So, um, you know, we're trying to make a connection with the new person coming in. And then also if somebody's got some connections with one of the senators, I mean, they're the ones that can provide a nomination for her. She's working really hard just to kind of make sure she's checking all the boxes academically and athletically. Um, You know, the entrance requirements are pretty rigorous. And so, her forte is not going to be on the academic side. So she's really trying to max out the the other aspects for leadership and fitness and things like that. So she's working really hard. It's not a it's not a summer break for her at Absolutely. all. Absolutely, that's very good, and I'm so glad that she's doing mm-hmm. a, that particular part of the world because mm-hmm. there's nothing much more beautiful than the Navy and Army and Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to me, that's the most important for sure. But let's see if we can help you with that. Um, we might. Uh, our co-host was here today, um, Daisy Palomo. Hello, she's very involved in politics, and she's going to be doing. She knows a lot of the big, which is like I do. Nice. So, well, maybe we can make a couple of phone yeah, calls. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. Taylor's going to look to try to intern maybe at the congressman's office for next year, and um, you know, see what else that she can do. But we live in a very competitive area. You know, it's it's kind of we could maybe live in an outlying area and have a better opportunity, but it's going to be really competitive for her. Well, I tell you, most of the senators will help you. If it's Navy or, or Army, they, they will try to do their, mm-hmm. if the child, of course, qualifies. So mm-hmm. that would be very good. Yep. So this evening we have an amazing show, but our co-host this evening, and hopefully she stays with us for a while, is we interviewed her here when she was running for office. Mm-hmm. Her name is Daisy Palomo. Good evening, Welcome. Daisy. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're delighted, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you um, 
decide to come back again and visit with us several times. Yes, absolutely. And we have an amazing guest this evening. We're going to talk about very strong issues this evening. First, let me just, has anybody seen the Uvalde um, video of Mm-mm. the children? What is it? Uh, I think I'm going to ask my producer. Can we talk about that for just a few minutes? If you have not had the opportunity to watch the video, that no, it is the most heartbreaking video. What is it? While the while the children were being shot, the police officers just standing out in the in, in the rooms mm. and everything. Why? Who had video of that? They had the video from somebody was that was so powerful that um, my gosh, it just. The schools are not protecting the children. Well, I don't, and I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think that is definitely a one-off oh, yes. situation yes. where that went horribly wrong. And I have no idea how, you know, I've talked to several SROs, especially sure. in Allen. And, you know, I see them training on a routine basis. And these SROs are not, you know, old out of no, shape. No. I mean, these are the best of the best that are there to protect our children. Right. And I see them going through the exercise and see what they would have done. So I just don't know what went wrong in Uvalde. The I think it was a training. That was the biggest thing. There was no communication from watching. You can see all of them standing in the hall. Well, well, they were all scared to go in, you know. And you hear the gunshots going on, and and you hear you see, and they see where you the door just opened. The door was open. Somebody just left the door open. But the big point for me is that all this the training was very poor because they all stood on the hall and nobody would walk in. Well, I know that there was kind of a leadership fight yes. between what was there, FBI, U.S. Marshals, and then the local... The Border Patrol. Oh, border, border Patrol. Actually, it was the Border Patrol that uh, killed him, that killed the, uh, the the young man. But it's just sad to see that these things happen because of lack of training, 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 and lack of education. Because that's, I know about this a small town. Yeah. but And that's the thing. I mean, it's a small town. Everybody knows everybody, right? And you never think it's going to happen. And I know I had seen some interviews with the teacher and the door being propped open. And I mean, you just think, oh, I'm going to run out to the parking lot real quick and nothing's going to happen. I, I get that. But then also, I mean, you're. I saw a video where moms are screaming, trying to get into the building mm-hmm. to get their babies and they're being handcuffed. I mean, it's just... It's insane. By the way, we have a one of our guests and I. She's a teacher, so we might get awesome. some uh, information from her. And she's so. got a lot of information, a, a great backstory. And these are some of the topics we touched upon a couple of weeks ago when we did our current events episode um, regarding uh, the abortion laws and everything like that. So I'm excited to kind of get into it with her. Yes, and she comes from a very uh, from a company that I despise. Mm-hmm. So this is amazing. And I think the most important thing is that um, our our host, our co-host today, Miss um, Palomo. She's going to be able to join us as a pastor. Awesome. So we're having a my evening. So you, you want to welcome Miss Amy? Amy Waleski? Wazaleski. 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 Wow. Uh, my uh, my mother-in-law was Pivovarski. Oh, good one. <laughs> Piva what? Pivovarski. Are you Polish? <laughs> my husband is. Your I'm, husband I'm is. Irish. So I You're went Irish. from Neil oh, what an to amazing. <laughs> Well, welcome, Amy. <laughs> How are you, you doing this do, evening? Doing very well. Thank you so much and good evening to well, you and to your listeners. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about you and thank you for being here. I know you took your time. You're a teacher also, so we appreciate your being here. But tell us a little bit about you and your family and your children. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation to join this fine group uh, this evening and with your listeners to discuss these uh, important issues um, I am a teacher. I have changed careers. I'm going into, um, just finished up, I'll be going my fifth year of teaching. I'm an English teacher, middle school, and, and also I'll be teaching high school this year. 
um, new to Texas, been here just over seven years when I uh, married that man with the great Polish name. And he also changed uh, careers with me and went into teaching as well. Awesome. Unfortunately, we have not been blessed with children. And that is one of the reasons that we became teachers. Wow, awesome. that is wonderful. Where are you from? I am from the Pacific Northwest. I was raised in Portland, Oregon, and then also in Phoenix. Wow. Lived in Washington nice. State for a number of years before moving here to Texas. And then prior to being a teacher, mm-hmm. you, you worked for Planned Parenthood? I did. Okay. Yes. I and worked for Planned Parenthood, and I was also a board member. Um, your correlation between being raised in the Pacific Northwest and then moving to Texas, did that all kind of happen with your career change too? It changed with my decision to follow God. Was that with the move or that was with the marriage or? Um, it was prior to the marriage. So um, living in the Pacific Northwest, also known for its liberal views, right. very much yeah. uh, had an influence on uh, my decision to work for Planned Parenthood, support the abortion industry. I was very much raised in a loving home, a very liberal home, very progressive home that supported contraception, abortion, not being uh, married, you know, just really fluid lifestyles. Sure. Went to a college with uh, co-ed dormitories. I handed out condoms to residents of the hall and uh, lived that that lifestyle very much so. And then it was um, after being divorced and decided to really pursue a better life, figure out how I can improve who I was, that I decided to give God a chance. And uh, that led me home to the Catholic Church and also many changes in my life. And then we moved here to Texas. That's a big change. Oh, yes. Amen. <laughs> I grew up in Boston as a Catholic, and um, it, it's it's something that has not, I, I don't go to a Catholic church. I don't participate in, in um, Catholicism, you know, to the point my mom passed and that kind of, that died with her, right? And so I find it very interesting to see people that will go towards that because that is very, I think my biggest complaint I have with the Catholic church is that it's hard to align real life views with the Catholic church, right? Like you have, and this is something I remember when I was going through my confirmation, I I had the priest come to the house and they were doing a home visit. And the things that he talked about were extremely inappropriate and uncomfortable. And I think those stigmas and then seeing things come out over the years, it just, it tarnished a lot of that for me. And so I struggle with that. And that's why I struggle with religion in general, because I feel like there's a lot of hypocrisy that follows that and just the things that I've gone through with the church. But then I also understand that that's like with everything, it's small pockets, right? That's not that's not in it in its whole. So um, I try to be open minded and I, I try to give everything a chance and a second chance. And so um, I'm happy that that you found the Catholic Church and, and you were able to, to change your views. And I think at this point, I just wish that there was some middle ground that we could reach with Catholicism. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I why I just I will never understand why a man that's not allowed to marry is able to give marriage advice. Right. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, I struggle with that. You know, how do I go and I talk to a priest about my marriage? He doesn't know. And so these are things that I'm curious to kind of get your feedback on and what brought you from that, because, yes, your lifestyle previously was very much aligned with uh, more liberal views and more not I'm not saying real life, but that's how people live their life. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Let's get into it. So uh, let's let's get an opinion here from our pastor, uh, Miss Daisy. Well, how do you are you Catholic or I am not Catholic and I didn't. I didn't grow up in a in a religious home, so I became a Christian when I was twenty years old. Wow! 
And, um, you know, I have this topic is really near and dear to my heart. Um, I had the conversation just this last week with my daughter, who is 20. And um, when I was 19, I became pregnant with my first son. And I told her of a dinner that I was invited to. Almost felt like sabotage, but I had about six girlfriends that took me to dinner and said, you know, the father of your child is not a good guy. You have options um, and you're still in college. So it'd probably be best for you to have an abortion. And I think back on that time and I told my son, be thankful that I did not listen to them because you wouldn't be here today if that were the case. Mm-hmm. So it's um, God is definitely a huge part, a huge factor in that. Um, my my belief system and um, I've never been exposed to Catholic Church, so I'm not really familiar with with the ins and outs of it as as Courtney here and Amy as well. But it's it's a good good topic. Well, what because I hear from Amy is that's what saved her. Uh, she found God in whether the religion or not, but it was God that really saved mm-hmm. her. It wasn't the religion. It wasn't the church. It was God. And that's what people don't understand. It's God, not the church, not the community. It's how you find you're empty. You find your the relationship, leader, the relationship with God. And, and there's where you're you, so right. You're absolutely right. Well, and you look at what, what Daisy went through with having those friends tell you what the world is telling you. Today's world, exactly. what we're in. And they said, this is what the world is telling you today. But that is not what God wants, mm-hmm. no matter if it's today or tomorrow or if it's tomorrow. Or if it is, you know, back in the, wherever we were in the times of the Bible, we always had the answer from God. And so, and, I'm, and Courtney, I encourage you that when you're ready to have that conversation, God's ready to have it. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and on our website. Give, send us information about Alexander and Friends, what you want to hear or what you want to discuss. We also want to thank uh, Liz Castaneda for being such an amazing social um, guru and does an amazing job. Did you see the the last I have to send Courtney, you were out of town, but did you see the last of when we had the week of our conversations and we were going battling back and forth? She did a great, um, she took a great post of us. So, yes. So anyway, Courtney, we have a very uh, difficult uh, conversation coming up. I know a lot of people uh, are not, um, they, they may be 50, 50, just like you and I, you'll get different direction. And we have uh, Miss, um, Miss Palomo here this evening, who is a pastor and, probably bring her her thoughts and we have amy was yes Wazileski. Wazileski. We're not going to get it. And we're just going to call it Amy. Amy W. Amy W. Well, Amy, I want to, I want to say a few things because you're, you're, my conversation is very tough in my heart. I despise what our country is going through or what our young people are going through and how they're using a very difficult uh, word abortion to be able to enjoy their lives and, and enjoy going out and having a date. And then if they don't want that baby that they're bringing to this world, they want to get rid of. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. I understand you were with Planned Parenthood. Correct. What um, I, I want to, I want you to tell me what that is all about and what is the reality of Planned Parenthood? Is that a, uh, and what you did with them? What was your job? What was, yes. Okay. We're yep. ready. Happy to. So it was back in 2000 when I had, it was, this was in Washington state. And so um, just starting out my career and there was an opening at the local Planned Parenthood. It was a teen pregnancy prevention program funded by the CDC. 
the purpose of the program was to prevent subsequent pregnancies of teen mothers. And that could be done through birth control. That could be done through an abortion, whatever the plan was. So it was to help them not have more babies. That was its purpose. And I worked for them for under a year. It was a grant-funded program. When I joined Planned Parenthood, it was with the understanding it would open some doors for me up, um, in terms of my career, which it did. I met some very prominent people. It led to my next career um, in, that, in that city. And I stayed involved with Planned Parenthood. I went to their fundraisers. I was a regular donor. And I very much wanted to be on their board. So I became friends with affluent people in the area. And then several years into my career, I was able to obtain that. And then I was, became a member of the board. At that time, I really believed that uh, contraception, education, clear education for young people and families was the right thing to do. And should those things fail and abortion was available, that it needed to be um, safe and rare. And that was the tagline of Planned Parenthood at that time. And I very much bought into that, that it needed to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Alexandra has kind of, um, I, I don't want to say generalized, but her her description of the clientele that comes into Planned Parenthood is very extreme to me. I went to Planned Parenthood in college and I went to Planned Parenthood because it was low cost, effective birth control. I was sexually active before I was married. I was in a committed relationship and that was an affordable option for me. Um, And that's why I went. Was it intimidating to go to Planned Parenthood and see people picketing and yelling at me, not even knowing why I'm in there? Yeah, that was that was awful. And I think that that makes a very scary situation for somebody that maybe has parents that do not agree with their child being sexually active before marriage, which I think is an unrealistic option. That's just me. I have five daughters, so I've got a little experience in this. And I also feel like um, that scares children into maybe making poorer decisions than they're already maybe going down. I don't condone sex before marriage. I'm just saying it's not an it's it's not a realistic thing to say your child's not gonna have sex before marriage. Um and and then now you put that kid in a situation where their parents won't take him to the doctor. You try to go to Planned Parenthood and there's people screaming at you and now you're left to your bad choices with no protection and now you're back to square one where now you're potentially pregnant, you've got a child and then what then what happens? The lack of education out there is difficult. Tell me, go. I'm ready. Let's do this. Sounds like you might want to join the board. <laughs> I mean, you're really bringing up all the arguments of why Planned Parenthood says they exist. And it's because of the world that we're in today that we think that it's OK to have sex before marriage. It's fine. And it's actually expected for us to do that. And that's not true. I mean, that's it's not God's. It's not not his design. It's not his design. And when after I was divorced and I said, I don't want to do this again, if I'm getting married again, I need to look into this. And I found this secular article. It's not religion based at all. And they looked at what happens when a couple has sex before marriage. They looked at what happens when a couple lives together and what happens. It ends in a bad relationship because you haven't set it up (laughs) with a serving God first and b serving the relationship second. So you're actually it's false advertising Mm -hmm. saying yeah, go ahead and have sex. No problem. Oh, and here's the birth control so you don't get to a quote-unquote bad situation. And should that happen, we'll take care of that for you. What you've done is you have harmed that girl. I mean, I used to say I was a strong feminist then. I'm a stronger feminist now because I follow God's plan mm-hmm. of what he wants for women. That's not a plan for a woman to say she's going to be in a relationship and then say, well, now you're pregnant and he's not going to support you, so now you're going to kill your child. Mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood is not helping relationships and we're not helping ourselves by believing that the world today says it's okay to just have sex, even if it's in a committed relation. I'm the same with you. First time I walked into Planned Parenthood was to get birth control. 
I was in a committed relationship and we'd already had the talk. Should we get pregnant? We're having an abortion. I mean, that's where, where I live. That mm-hmm. was my life. It doesn't work. Um, did you have something to say, Daisy? I just think that, you know, as as a mom. Talk to us I about your blended... experience, right? You had a you had a baby at a young age. I yes, mean, I did. It was not easy. And um, I had this difficult conversation with my 20 year old daughter who um, is active in our church as well. Um, she's on the praise team at, at her church as well. And, uh, it's just a very difficult conversation to have. So she's also of the notion that I'm, you know, she's a feminist. She's like, I, I want women's rights to be, um, loud and clear, but on the same hand, we talked about a current situation that, that we're totally facing at our church. Um, one of our teen girls is now pregnant mm-hmm. in our church. So um, she said, well, shouldn't she have options? I said, absolutely not. Yes, she does. She had the, the baby option. can be adopted. And exactly. And so there's having an abortion is just not uh, it shouldn't be used as a form of birth control. Well, and also people keep talking about Roe Wade versus Wade. Uh, let me tell you, the, the, the United States government does not give you permission to kill your child it's not a constitutional constitutional right right Right. you want to kill your child you do it on your own and let you live with it but i think you should be arrested this is my opinion you have an abortion and that baby's already three or four or five months that's murder it is murder that's murder to me and what what has happened in today's world and with the help of the great marketing team of planned parenthood is we have used these euphemisms for the, the products of conception, reproductive rights. We've used these terms to then dupe women into thinking that it is not a child. And then what happens down the end is the depression hits, the alcohol abuse comes in. They're not bonding with their family and they don't know why because we told them it was a medical procedure. It's not. It's a medical procedure that kills a child. That's exactly what happens. And we've led women into thinking that that's not what it, that's not what it is. And when you think about it, if you go in to have surgery, like I had knee surgery, right? It's surgery. That's a medical procedure that happened. And then I said, well, what occurs? Oh, we're going to open your knee and we're going to reattach the ligament. Okay, got it. I'm going in for a medical procedure. What is it? It's an abortion. Oh, well, tell me what happens. Oh, I'll tell you what happens. Are you further along? We're going to crush the skull of the child and then we're going to suction it out and make sure the arm is still there. That's what happens. But if you really believe in abortion, support that. And my heart breaks to think if someone would actually say yes to that if they know that that's what happened. Goodness. Okay. Well, back to Daisy for a minute. Um, So let's talk about people have been getting pregnant before marriage for years and years and years and years and years, right? Years. Back when you were a young whippersnapper yourself, there were women that you knew that were having relations before they were married and getting pregnant, right? And then I remember hearing stories you'd send them off to wherever else, or they would give the baby up for adoption or whatever. I'm just saying it's, it's been around forever, mm-hmm. right? I mean, people, oh, well, yeah. okay. So Not then, in my family. When well, my no, grandma no. Said, oh, no well, way. And I understand that. But then when you talk about now you've got somebody that has been raised in the church that still made the conscious decision, right? This, this young girl, what, what is the, what is the solution? So that's the question. Then you've got all of this other crap on social media being thrown at these kids, sexualizing everything. Where is the stand from the church against that? 
because that's that is a big thing. Kids are so persuasive when it comes to things like that. And you're seeing it and it's okay just to over sexualize everything and it's okay to do this. And what do we do? I'm going to just real quick. I'm going to pass this microphone to our uh, our producer. Mm -hmm. I want to know he's got what he thinks about that, because he's raising children. What's happening is. Our homes are forgetting that the parents are the adults and the adults need to tell the children, just like my grandparents used to say, your mistake is going to be yours for the rest of your life. And whatever you do, you will live with it. And my parents gave me the opportunity to be the best of what I was. But I always had a respect, the respect in my home that I knew that if I did anything that would hurt my parents meant a lot. And that's what we don't have today. And we don't have God. And I want to ask our producer, he's got, he's got four children. And I want to ask him because of his way of God thinking, can you tell us a little bit how you feel about what she just said? Well, that's not awkward at all. Thanks. Uh, so y'all insist on a male opinion. That's fine. Um, yes, I do have four kids and one of them is, uh, a 16 year old boy. And, uh, I'm not assuming that he's going to have sex before marriage and I'm raising him in such a way that he is accountable to me for what he does. He's accountable to his mom also. And my wife was raised in a liberal Democrat household and they were Christians. They just had a slightly different point of view on their Christianity than I do, but their family uh, went to church. And she didn't have sex before marriage, before she met me and we got married. And I didn't have sex before marriage. And I was raised in a conservative Christian pro-life household. But I was also homeschooled and and my wife was public schooled. So it can be done. And just thinking, coming from the starting point of it can't be done is what's sabotaging a lot of people. Saying that you can't prevent people, prevent kids from having sex before marriage because that's that's not true. It's possible to raise kids in a Bible-believing way that they conform to the morals that are going to keep them out of that kind of situation. And they don't hang out with people who want to get into that kind of situation. And they learn how to resist their natural urges, which I believe is how you succeed in life. Resisting your natural urge to punch somebody in the face, resisting your urge to drink too much, resisting your urge to do any number of things. And so you're teaching them the ways of success when you raise them with the right way Mm -hmm. with God's precepts as their foundation. Very well said. I I want to thank you, um, Alexander, for bringing in also the male voice, because I think also in this conversation that we have, we don't have the voice of a man saying exactly what Michael said, which is they need men need to stand up with that responsibility and and say the right things and say to that girl, no, we're waiting. We're waiting because I love you that much. Or how about a dad in a situation? I see so many fathers that are so concerned about getting involved and having those conversations and leading their family. And I think, you know, we can blame it on the kids. But when you look at a family unit as well, uh, there's not that leadership of a man in the home following God's word. Right. And I think that that trickles down into the children and that adds another layer of complexity to all the issues we're dealing with. 
this evening. We have a very wonderful guest, which I am going to say, Amy W. <laughs> Amy, what are you, how do you pronounce your last name again? We're happy to. Wazaleski. Wazaleski. <laughs> and we have our co-host, uh, Daisy Palomo. Hello. And Courtney is here with us tonight, and we have a very steamed conversation. Steamy. Here. Steamy, steamy. Yes. And we're just slamming. I am the- definitely not the, um, I have, my views are a little bit different than everybody else in this room. Well, that's what we that's, enjoy that's about our conversations. We yes. talk about life, health, wealth, and love, and all of them are become one. So, Amy, I'm going to ask you a, a tough question here. Okay. Where, what, when did you decide that Planned Parenthood was not the place for you to work? And why? And what was the decision? And tell me a little bit of what happens when you walk in and you sign the form and say, I'm ready to have an, an abortion where do, what happens to the process? What is the process, please? Uh, yes, let's start with the first one of uh, what made me decide to um, end my um, support of Planned Parenthood. Happy to. So uh, as I had mentioned, I started working for the organization. Several years went by. I became a, a prominent member of the community of which I lived. I then was able to earn a spot as a board member on that. During that time period, I um, had been divorced and I was uh, getting to know God. I was starting to learn about what it would be like to have God in my life. And I had a good friend at the time who is now my husband. Um, He knew I was on the board of Planned Parenthood. It bothered him greatly. And he said, tell me why. Tell me why you support abortion. And I said, well, I don't support late term abortion because that's a baby. But in the beginning, sure, that's the clump of cells argument. Yes, I can support that. And he said, um, he said something that he said, well, then if you're going to support this, you need to support it full on. How do you, you know, convince me? Why is that? And after some arguments, I, I took it to heart and I said, OK, I need to do some more research on this. So I went back to all of my Planned Parenthood materials. I looked at the information they gave. I started looking at the uh, organizations that support women and I saw them as super Christian. And I thought there is no way they're telling the truth. This is a bunch of hooey. I did not believe them. I thought they're making those up. Those pictures aren't real. And I kept going back and forth between the two. I had two websites open and I would look at the two and I said, well, if I'm going to support this, I really need to look into it closer. Then I found a woman named Abby Johnson who used to work for Planned Parenthood. She since left the organization. I thought I can trust her. She was a clinic director. I need to understand her perspective. She has since shared in numerous ways um, her story of watching an abortion happen. And that's what changed it for her. Then I just looked at the medical sites and I looked at it and then it hit me. What's the difference between three weeks, three months, three years, 30 years? And I realized that there wasn't one. So I went to (laughs) find this interesting. Now uh, we used to have these celebrations for Roe v. Wade. We would get together and drink fancy wine at a restaurant and uh, celebrate reproductive rights. So right in this time period, when I was questioning my belief and I'm a board member, I walked into this very fancy restaurant, had a nice glass of Cabernet. My best friend was the board president and the um, executive director of the Planned Parenthood, he said, we're so happy you're all here today. We're here to support reproductive rights. One of our clinic people is here today and perfect timing. She is going to tell you what happened today in the clinic so we can all come together and share why we support Planned Parenthood. So I'm standing with my glass of wine and this woman stands up and she says, this today, this is why we support women. She said, I was in one of our clinic offices today and a woman came in to seek abortion services. And I shared with her, yes, you are pregnant. We scheduled the date for her abortion. She was very relieved that this was going to happen because she wasn't ready to parent. That patient then looked to me and said, oh, I think, are you pregnant? And the clinic person said, I am pregnant. And she put her hand on her belly in front of us to indicate that. She was just starting to show. 
And she said, oh, wow, yes. And then it hit me. There are two women in a clinic and there are two babies in a clinic and one will die and one will live. One will have a baby shower and one will be forgotten. And I put down my glass of wine and I went to the parking lot and I burst into tears. And I realized I had been duped. And I was done. And I quit. Wow. Wow. Mm. That's heart wrenching. There's no difference. How many of our friends have shown us the ultrasound picture of that baby? And we celebrated them. And we said, we can't wait to find out if it's a boy or girl. When can I throw you that baby shower? That same ultrasound, then an abortion is scheduled. There's no difference. It's a child. So, Amy, I want to ask you, what happens... You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a young lady here by the uh, who had laid me. I lay me down to sleep. Oh yes. And so, when you're an abort, when when they're going through the abortion, that baby becomes what trash. Yes. So there are. Um, well, this is what has come up in the past with unfortunate the testing and yes, yes the. Yes, correct. Being sold for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not told to them. I mean, even today, because I, I go back and, of course, look at, at the Planned Parenthood website and I read it with different eyes. And um, it is the products of conception. That's a term that's used quite a bit. Well, what is the product of conception? <laughs> well, it's a child. <laughs> and so they don't share with the mother. The father doesn't know. I mean, you don't even have to discuss with the person who helped you create that child mm-hmm. um, what's going to happen to their son or daughter. And so they are they are disposed of um, Abby Johnson in her her talks and her book and her movie explained that they had to make sure that all the pieces are there prior to disposal, that there are two arms, there are two legs that they're act together. That is not explained to the woman when she goes in. It's it's scheduled because she's made the decision. It's not for her. You can go on the website today and there's a whole list of why people decide to have an abortion and you can just check the boxes. I don't like him. We weren't planning on having children. Um, he's a bad guy. I'm too young. All these reasons. Well, the point is, she's already a mother. I mean, you, you, that was a decision you made three months ago and you've already made it. And so now, now what? And they also don't share what happens emotionally and physically to, to families, relationships um, after an abortion occurs. So we got into a conversation off air. Were you going to say something before I launched? Yes, let me, let me just say, so what happens is, and, and the reason I brought this up is because I remember sitting here and losing, looking at the pictures of, uh, I, lay, I laid me down to sleep and you could, and here's the baby that was born already dead, still born. And they're holding that baby. And, and I'm thinking, so you're there, they're, you're having an abortion. You never held that baby in your hands and your arms, and you don't know what trash can he's going to be in. Correct. That's correct. What does that do to you as a mother later on or as a parent or me? I mean, what what do you, is there anything left in our hearts anymore that you can just dispose of a child like that? Alexander, you are absolutely right. And what we've done in our society today is we have duped women and men into thinking that you shouldn't have an emotional response to that because it's a medical procedure. And so then the depression hits in. I mean, I think back on, um, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a psychologist. I haven't done studies on this. But I have three people in my life who've had abortions. And they, none of them said they regretted it. But you look at what's happened in their life. I mean, they drink too much. Their relationships have fallen apart. They haven't connected with their children. There's a reason for that. There absolutely is because their child died and they haven't mourned them. 
Now, if their two-year-old child died, that you would mourn that child. There would be a gravestone. There would be a celebration every year of that child that passed away. But we don't do that when, it, when an abortion happens. The sad thing is we do it for miscarriage, right? We do. We, when someone has a miscarriage, we bend over Mourn. backwards to support that family and what they've gone through. It's a loss. We don't do it with abortion, but there's no difference. That's my point is you don't, you, you don't have, there's no end. There's no final. And then there's a father over here that never knew or didn't have any opportunity. And there's grandparents over here that never got to see that child mm-hmm. and all these things. And, and I'm thinking, what happened? at least when you have a stillborn baby, you get to have the opportunity to maybe at least hold him or bury him. Correct. As we should. I, uh, I'm, I used to be one of those persons that stood outside of uh, of Planned Parenthood in San Antonio when I was growing up because I thought God is the only one that can take your life. And today I still feel the same way. And I think uh, God gives you and he's the one that can take you. Yes, and thank you for being so open to knowing. Oh, that that's right. I, I, I despise the idea of a of a child or any you know a baby because that. But you made the mistake. Why are you taking it out on that baby? That's correct. That's correct. men up. You mm-hmm. know, have some morals. So that brings me back to the conversation we were having off air. You're you're saying that having ha- So I guess my question is: is having sex, whether you're in a committed relationship or not. And getting pregnant, is that the initial mistake? Because what do, what do we do for people that are making the choice to be sexually active? Their plan is not to get pregnant. And whether that be they are on contraception and the birth control fails. I mean, at what point do, you know, you guys are saying putting your kids on the birth control essentially condones them into having sex. So what are the options? Because I could tell kids all day long not to do something. The kids are going to do what they want, right, wrong, or indifferent. They're just dumb, and they make really poor choices, just like adults, right? We all make poor choices. So to me, as a parent, right, we want to make sure that we teach our kids to do the right thing. I don't condone marriage, but I also have a realistic view that they're going to do things that I'm not going to be happy with. And so my job is to reduce uh, the consequences, right? And so that's where I all day long would put my children on birth control. So what what is the other option? The other option is putting the fear of God in them. And, you know, having a family unit with the husband as the head and, you know, raising those children with the fear of God. And it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, there are consequences to their actions. And I have seven kids. Uh, they're all in that critical adult transition age they're still you know to me they're still children Mm -hmm. but they're becoming young adults and they're getting jobs and um, they're in college Um, so I hope and my prayer you know I I pray every night for God to protect my children and to cover them with the blood of Jesus but for them to go and make their own decisions they have to understand that they're going to have their own consequences along with that you're absolutely right Daisy it's reminding us, we, we do it in other parts of our lives. Um, if I eat donuts every morning, the con- consequences, I will be obese. I mean, that's just a fact, right? Now, I can have a donut every once in a while, right? But not all the time. If but that's you, the thing. 
that's the thing. You have a donut, quote, donut Mm -hmm. once in a while. And that results in a mistake that could have been prevented with the forms of contraception. If you knew that you could make that choice. Mm -hmm. And that's my whole point, because we don't plan to get up every day and eat the donuts. But sometimes... We, you know, we want to try a little bit of the But then we need to be responsible for that. And of course, now we're talking about a child and not a little extra fat on my hips, right? It's more significant. And I remember sitting down in college with my wonderful college boyfriend and we decided to become sexually active and I was very responsible with birth control. And then we said, but then what happens? And we, I remember like yesterday and I said, so if I become pregnant, what do we do? And he said, are you okay with abortion? And I said, I am. And so that's what it leads to. So once we condone the birth control, which I know working for Planned Parenthood is not 100 percent effective, Mm -hmm. then it leads to the child. Well, then, but you didn't plan on doing it. So now I am condoning the abortion because I didn't decide on being pregnant. And there's never a a good time. Never, never. I have a question to you. So when a when a young person comes in Mm -hmm. uh, with a parent, let's say. What what's the procedure they have go through the whole uh, application of why they're coming and all the and all the information they need and then what happens after that when they go into a Planned Parenthood clinic yes um, I'm not familiar with the walking with a parent but the one where I worked we had teen clinic on Fridays where a teenager can walk in mm-hmm. without a parent and specifically adults were not allowed I would go in and bring chips and soda and we play teen music and the whole point was. Bring your friends, get the services that you need, and you don't have to ask your parents. We actually advertised for that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're listening to Alexander and Friends 660 The Answer this evening. We're having a very, very strong conversation about life and death. That's what I say. Life and death. Because everything at the end of the day, we try to bring a child to, uh, to life, and then some we try to take away this child from their life. So... Amy, thank you so much for being here this evening, and thank I, you. and, and I want to put you—I don't want to put you in, in in a bad area, but how much money would you say a Planned Parenthood, as a, you were on the board, would would yes. it bring on a on a on a weekly or however you report it? What is mm. is this? This is a business, correct? Well, it is a business, which has been shown by outside reporting. Within, it was not pushed that way. So as a board member, we would review the services that we provided. And as a nonprofit, uh, it was educational services. It was clinic services. Uh, They also had a partnership for mammograms. It was really shown as this is a health clinic where you can come in and receive all these all these services that you need. But the truth is they were also making money off that, Um, whether it was outside funding sources, the fantastic fundraising that they were able to do. It was a very lucrative nonprofit being done with the clients being injured in the process and some being killed. And government funded as well. Huge government funding. Absolutely. Coming in. Um, Big contracts that supported um, the work that they did, that they do. So I'm going to go back to to Courtney's uh, conversation as we were talking. Abortion to me is, yeah, there's, there's rape, there's incest, there's all these items that are around. And I think you need to talk to your doctor about this. I think you need to decide what you're going to do. But when you just go to a, a butcher place. What's what I call butcher place. I feel like, you know, there's situations where the, you have a private doctor, you have a doctor or a hospital where you can go to and, and they and make a decision that is maybe it's something that you want to get rid of, but don't make our, don't let our government decide it's okay for you to kill any child now. So this is my problem that you, I'm, I'm investing in you to kill, you know, I'm paying taxes 
for you to go and get rid of a baby. So consequences are at the end. If you decide to go have sex and you decide to, that you get pregnant, it's your decision to raise that baby because you made the mistake. It was not me. It was a, so, but, but if there's you don't, also adoption. And, yes. yes. And there's, I've seen Catholic churches with these big signs. If you don't want your child, bring mm-hmm. it to us. Correct. So there's a consequence. Now, to me, that's how I live. Why would I, I mean, if I did this mistake and you're 16, 17 years old, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. At least I knew. My parents, you know, they were, but today it's just like, it's okay. It's like chewing bubble gum. Once you're tired, you throw it away. <laughs> so that's my position is, you know, you want to have the abortion and you want to deal with it. Hey, there's still doctors to go and get it done, but you have to live with it. But I don't want to pay for it. And that's what happens. I'm paying for something that is not on the Constitution, and it's not a right. It's not a right. So have a, you're 16, you want to have a baby, go for it. It's your time. But don't, don't destroy it. At least live the consequences. You have a baby, then you as a parent, you as a parent, and me as a parent need to raise that baby or give it up for adoption. Am I not? Yeah, that's I'm, correct. Absolutely. So, Amy, my question is, do you have the statistics of the average age of women coming in to have abortions? Are they mostly in their early teens, late teens? I don't have those numbers. I can do anecdotal of what we saw. I mean, it was it was so high in the area where I lived at the time that we had that teen pregnancy prevention program, Um, high STD rates and high levels of teen pregnancy, enough that they were able to earn money from the CDC to then run that program to do so. Um, And so it is typically higher rates. Fertility is higher when we're younger. I mean, that just drives it right there. And then um, not having the thinking they don't have the resources to then raise that child, which then can drive the decision for for an abortion as well. So, Amy, when did you decide to just uh, what made you more than ever? Was it the fact that you knew that a baby was being killed or that you just had enough of it or God just told you it's time for you to walk away? Well, I, I definitely give all the credit to God. Um it, it was me saying yes to him that he opened my heart to what the truth was. And that's when I had to say, I can't, I can't do this. I, I can't. And, and what's interesting is I, I didn't have any type of religion growing up. And at this time period, I thought, well, if I'm seeking God, I should seek a godly man. And so I actually called up the only pastor I knew and find this interesting. I met him through Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood had a clergy group of religious folks in the area who supported abortion and other services and they would meet once a month and so for lunch and so I knew him and he was a lovely man and I I met with him and said I'm really struggling with this issue you support abortion will you help explain to me why you can and he said well I want it to be rare and it's sad when it happens and when women have one I sit and I pray with them Mm -hmm. and I said well if you're praying with them then doesn't that telling you that it's wrong I mean if you're having that and he said well sometimes it's wrong if they've been assaulted if it was incest. And so he was justifying it from there, from that perspective. And I found myself wanting him to convince me because I knew if I left his church and I hadn't been convinced that my whole world was going to fall apart. My best friend was the board president. My father later joined the board of Planned Parenthood. I had no one in my life that believed the opposite of what, where, where my beliefs were going. And in the end, he couldn't convince me. And I finally said to him, I said, I don't understand how three weeks, three months, three years in the womb, out of the womb, it's still a child. Help me understand the difference. And he couldn't 
convince me. And so that's when um, I stopped and I confronted two of my best friends. I shared with them that my change in views, that did not go well at all. I lost my best friends. I, it's one of the reasons I moved. I couldn't maintain the life that I had. And I think most people thought I had lost my ever-loving mind because no one believed the way I believed in my circle of friends. How far along do, do, did they condone the uh, abortions? In Washington State, where this was going through, they're up to, I think it's 23, 24 weeks. Um, and that is, that is the type of abortion where the skull is crushed in order to have it. Earlier, it's um, they you know a vacuum process, but at that point, I mean, you're that's <laughs> you don't need a microscope <laughs> to see. And then each state's different. And now we know it is back to the states, and they, I mean, every I've been trying to keep up with it myself, and it is just a circus of of changes and bills being proposed and executive orders, and uh, we'll see, we'll see. States will decide. Well, it's back to the never vote. been a, a U.S. Because, a federal. I agree. Never constitutional. No. Right. No, it's back to the states and it's back to the parents. If the parents want to teach their children that, you know, it's, it's, it's life. However you look at it, it's life. Yes. And we, it, it doesn't make sense to me because God is so important in my life. If it wasn't for God, I don't know what I would have done because I left home when I was 16. And I, because of God, I, I, I took care of myself, but I was very hard headed. But I always saw that God was always guiding me and my mistakes were my mistakes, and I had to live with them. So, oh, Amy, what do you have to tell us before well, we're coming to the end of our show? What do you recommend our women to do today and the parents? And, and also, don't you think it's time that we involve the man that got the girl pregnant? I mean, isn't that where we need to come together? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we look at, at families and relationships today, and we um, unfortunately do not support strong families um, in the way that we used to. And with or without God, we don't celebrate permanency. We Divorce is, is common. Living together before marriage is common and celebrated in many cases. It was when I was, was being raised, mm-hmm. and it was fine to do so. It's almost we need a time out and to look back and, and be honest about our relationships today working. And when I stopped and asked myself that very humbly, did was my life working? The answer was gulp. No, it's not. We need to try something else. What I'm hoping for with this, with, with Roe v. Wade being overturned, is I'm hoping that because we have the technology today, that folks stop and really look at uh, what the technology that we didn't have then, the ultrasounds that we have today that we know when life starts. When we, uh, Trent Horn, who's a pro-life speaker, said, what are the unborn? We talk about the un- Well, if you answer that question, it's a, it's a child. So, and I agree with you, Alexandra, that we need to take responsibility for those, those actions mm-hmm. uh, and, um, and be forthcoming with, well, this happened. And, and when the argument comes in regarding um, incest and rape, um, I would then push back and say, well, then we've had one victim. This poor, poor, poor woman has been um, assaulted. But then why have two victims? We had a result from that that is separate from the assault. We now have a child. Why, why have two? Also knowing what will happen to that woman if she looks back on her life and someone asks her, do you have any children? And she says no. But the truth is she did. And so why add to her pain that, that devastation as well? Well, what an interesting evening. I hope I, I can continue this conversation forever. Because it's important to me, and I I think it's important to the world. And I think we need, tonight we need to say that God needs to fill the people's lives and and their and their souls and their hearts, because that's what's happening. And I go back to I lay my I laid 
I laid down. Now I now I, la- now I lay me to sleep, and I can see that picture of that. I can still see it, and then the other one will never hold that baby. I will never bury that baby. Correct. Well, thank you, Courtney, for being always my my backside for me. <laughs> <laughs> I got the my, caboose. Over I got here. the caboose. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, thank you so much, Paloma, yes, for being absolutely. here tonight. Amy, thank you, and I hope you come back and tell us a little bit about what you're doing later on on or your training to the children because you're, you. you're a great now you're a great inspiration to a young people. <laughs> it's a it's a blessing and a humbling endeavor to be yes, an educator. Yes, yes. And I, I thank you for your listeners listening to this difficult conversation, and I encourage them to look to their hearts and look to their friends and and really have these talks because it's how we come together um, as friends and it's how we come together to understand the truth. Wow. Follow us on Alexander Friends 660 The Answer and uh, give us all your feedback. And thank you so much for this evening of a very strong conversation. Courtney, thank you for being there and always backing me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Well, it's, it's a good one. It's an, And if it gave maybe somebody out there an opportunity to kind of rethink or think maybe what their stance is, that's, that's what we're after, you know. Right. And always remember at the end of the day, everything has consequences. For sure. Consequences are there and and, and as a parent you need to help uh guide your child from um potential consequences that can affect them throughout the rest of their life that's something that could have mm-hmm. been uh maybe prevented daisy thank you for so much for sharing your thoughts and your uh background absolutely and, and we hope that the best for everybody amy thank you so much again thank have a you. great evening next week we have the honorable faith johnson for district attorney in dallas county And we're going to talk about crime. So we're looking forward to seeing you next Saturday evening. Have a good evening. Hey, soy Jose Guillén, dueño de Old House Barbecue. Y patrocinamos el show de Alejandra y Friends. Nuestros dos lugares están en Carrollton y Louisville. Nuestra página web es oldhousebarbecue.com. Vengan a vernos. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.